Good morning, church, and all our guests. Wonderful again to be with you. This past week, I've had the privilege of, as you have, just getting in the Word of God and just seeing how great our God is. And I want to remind you, before we even dive into anything, is the God that you serve is amazing. He loves you. He forgives you. You are part of his family, and he wants so much more for you. I would like for you to turn your Bibles to Ephesians 5. Get on your iPads and, and turn to Ephesians 5, and we're going to read from a passage of Scripture that is very interesting to me, but I'll explain it to you. But last week we began a new series And in this new series, Satan's biggest goal is to offend you with life. We see in the world today, everybody's offended. And there have been people that have been abused. There have been people that that bad things happen to them. But God has always said to us that we should always choose not to be offended because he has set it up in his kingdom, in the spirit realm, For when you choose not to be offended and you don't allow outside circumstance to change the way you do things in life, but you allow the inside spiritual uh, aspect of the Word of God to change you, to mold you, to, to bring you into a place of kingdom thinking, being a kingdom minded person, then God says, and all the miraculous is there for you that there's nothing you can't attain when you choose not to be offended. Last week, if you chose not to be offended, then you, you uh, will enjoy the life of God. So people who are offended, you will not enjoy the life of God, or as we talked about last week, you will not enjoy a life of giving. So your seed won't multiply. Seed in every area of your life. God wants to multiply and cause things to manifest in such a miraculous way that when you look at what you have, what you do, what you accomplish, you look at the relationships you have, you are astounded by what is taking place But the thing that you need to understand is because the bottom line, you chose not to allow outside circumstances to change you. You chose to allow the Holy Spirit to change you. So today is you will never know God's plan for your marriage if you choose to be offended in your marriage. A question was asked in the secular society, and here's the question. How important is a stable marriage for a lifetime to you? 93% say it is very important. And young people were included in this study. Across the board, God created us to desire this. So what you are seeing, even in secular society, the intimacy of marriage, the intimacy of relationship, 
is something that is ingrained, something that is in your spirit, in your soul, part of your nature. People say, well, I've found my soul mate. And I'd love to have a discussion with you regarding that. But in the soul mate, what you have found is what God has described that you should walk in and have in your marriage relationship. But of the same group, less than half of the group think it's possible in today's society to have a solid marriage. People have not lost the dream of a stable marriage because the dream of a stable marriage comes from God. They've just lost hope. See, being offended is you look at the life situation and you've lost hope. So in order to to protect yourself, you now, if someone else is doing this to you, and you begin putting your arms out and holding people back away from you. God has never created, never created us. God has never planned for you and I to be alone. He's always created us to be a people that accept one another, love one another, and and are around people, especially in our marriages. If you are listening to me and you're single, or you're right now very young, I know most of you are terrified of marriage because maybe what you see in your home or maybe what you've heard from so many people. You don't need to be afraid. God has a perfect plan for marriage. And that perfect plan for marriage is found in Ephesians chapter 5. And getting into the plan will bring success. Getting into the revelation of the plan, not that everything is going perfect, but getting into the revelation and the content in your own lifestyle and the way you think will bring you success. If you're divorced, God can heal your heart. And success is your future. The reason why many fail is we don't have great mentors today. We're not taught what marriage is. But you can succeed. Now, let me just explain that. People will say, well, people aren't looking for mentors. No, I think the problem today is we don't have many mentors. We don't have father-like ones, mother-like ones, that are standing there and have a desire to touch the life of a young person or someone that is in middle age and to be able to help them succeed in the successes of the attitudes and the lifestyle of a kingdom person, the kingdom of God person. We fail because many of us who could be mentors do not mentor. So I'm looking in the camera and I'm saying to you, become that mentor. But make sure you understand what I'm about to teach you. Satan hates marriage because it is the first institution that God made. 
It is the very first thing that God said, if I'm going to have a people, sons and daughters, that I'm going to make an institution that they can walk in, and in that institution, they can enjoy every aspect of the kingdom of God. Listen to this. I just wrote this down this morning. Marriage is the cell of the social soul. Marriage is the cell of the social soul. Don't get all weird on me here. What I've just said there is this, is that if you base what I'm about to teach you in your lifestyle, in your social climate in your life, and you take the tradition of what God said regarding this relationship, you will succeed and your soul will be fulfilled. It is not God for man to be alone. The perfect plan is found in Ephesians 5. And let's begin by reading verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Right away, some of you want to shut me off. For the husband is the head of the wife, and also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church, or the fulfillment of perfectness in relationship. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular, as individuals, so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. This is the most revelatory scripture regarding marriage. We have God's great design in Genesis chapter 2, but a text that will actually show you how to live, how you were created, is found here in Ephesians chapter 5. If you do it this way, you will succeed. And if you try to do it any other way, you won't succeed. I also want to tell you Ephesians 5 is the most disliked scripture in the Bible. In 40 years of ministry, I can count on one hand the amount of people that received Ephesians 5 with joy. 
Most people, when you read Scripture, the first thing they will say to me is, but, and they'll explain why there's a difference in the way they think. And, oh, that's just back then. That's that, those old words, those evil words that, you know, we're not that way anymore in life. And, and do you think God was that dumb that he would have them write, Paul write scripture that wouldn't work today? I, I, just, I, I just don't understand how Christians can even talk like that. Men, don't in an argument <laughs> use verse 22 where it talks about wives submit. What will happen is it will be a near-death experience with the light at the end of the tunnel for you when you use that. See, the, the reality is it is something we choose as individuals to grab a hold of the revelation of it and live it out. And by living it out, it perfects your marriage. For the perfect marriage to resound, you also, I've said this before last year when we did a marriage uh, conference uh, on Sunday morning, is I said to you that you go first. Stop waiting on others. Stop waiting on your spouse. In every area of your life in the kingdom, stop waiting on someone to prove to you their worth you doing what God said you're supposed to do. So let me tell you my experience when I work with couples. They don't necessarily refute the Bible regarding their life, what's going on in their marriage. They just don't want to be first. The woman would say, well, I would submit to him as unto the Lord, but he acts like the devil. And some of you men do. If I submitted to him, I would just encourage him that he's right. He does not need to be encouraged in his present state. And if you listen to what she said in some situations, sounds pretty good to me, but bottom line What God is saying, this is marriage, this is how it's supposed to work. And if you understand it and you get the revelation of it, it will break every bondage. It will break every situation in your life and you will begin to live a kingdom lifestyle in your marriage. Men, they say, well, if I lay down my life for her, I'm going to be cleaning the house. Again, There is no other plan to succeed in your marriage other than Ephesians chapter 5. Hope is in the scripture in Ephesians chapter 5. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Make you free from the fear, free from failure, free from anger, free from disappointment, free to succeed. And here is why. We need to recognize that the word submission is two words. The word sub means to come under. The word mission, a mission or a plan. To submit is to come under a planned mission. 
And if you understand, verse 22, it talks to the, to the woman, the wife. But in verse 23, it talks to both of them working together, submitting one to another. So to submit is to come under a planned mission. How to talk with each other. How to treat each other. How to accept one another. To love your wife. Lay down your life for her. To submit to him. Come under your anointing. You see, this is the way to your spouse's heart. God is telling us through Paul in, in this scripture, Ephesians chapter 5, beginning with verse 22, is that if you would understand the revelation of this, this is the way to your spouse's heart. Not good sex, not money, not a house, not the American dream. The way to your spouse's heart is to look at yourself and say, am I living kingdom revelation regarding my marriage? So let me give you reasons why Ephesians 5 is a perfect plan for marriage. Now, I could spend about five weeks on this, but I'm going to spend just today, and then we're going to go to another avenue that the Lord spoke to me in how to break out of this doldrum and what the world uh, is being attacked with uh, regarding COVID, all the different things, uh, poverty, uh, less money, whatever it is that you're facing, sickness, disease, I want you to understand, you begin to understand this reality, you're going to win in your marriage. If you begin to understand the reality of giving, you will win in your finances. And we have many more subjects. So here's the first thing I want to say. The roles in Ephesians 5 make us attractive to our spouses. People say, don't you put me in bondage and tell me my role or my place. That's the old way. I'm free. No, you're not. You're in bondage. You're in bondage to fear and you're in bondage because you have been offended by people that you think that don't trust you and that are trying to place you into bondage. And we need to break free from that. Again, people say, don't put me in bondage and tell me my role. God created you. He's telling you your role. But God isn't really doing that. It is the key to your spouse's heart. God created us, and he says, here's the key that you can turn by becoming this, and you will find your spouse's heart, and everything you desire in your marriage will take place. The number one need of a man is honor and respect. Men gravitate where they get the most honor. Where do men get their most honor? Work. They get paid. They gravitate to it. That's why a lot of men are working as much as they can because that's where they get the most honor and respect. Ladies, let me say it this way. God designed you to be that place for him. And if you don't understand that, you will never, ever be able to accomplish everything you want to accomplish in your life, in your home, with your children, and everything that's important to you. 
God designed you ladies to be that place that the man, your husband, will gravitate to. Let me say this before we continue. In God's heart and what Scripture says, every woman and every man are co-equal. God has never said the woman is lesser than the man or vice versa. We must understand that how you get to God is through praise and how you get to one another in your relationship is through praise also. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. We enter God with praise and thankfulness. We enter our spouse's space the same way. God never allows anyone who is caustic or negative to enter his courts. I don't care who you are, what you've done in your life. If you are negative and caustic and you're coming into his courts and you're acting that way, you're not going to get there because you only get there through praise. Ladies, you have desired intimacy and you only get that when you deal with your husband's heart. Your spouse will never open his heart unless you are praising him. I know I'm a guy. God created my wife beautiful. Guys, you know this, created your wives beautiful. And that drew you to her. But that's not how you get to the heart. That's not how she gets to your heart. And it's not through food either. My wife can cook up a storm. But it's not through food. She gets to my heart. She gets to the conversation with me when I talk with her and I begin to share what's in my heart. She gets it because that she comes to me with praise. The number one need of a woman is security. Women are attracted to a sacrificial man. What do we mean by sacrificial man? Ephesians 5 tells us this. Is that everything about your wife, everything that is about her to get to her heart, she needs to know that's more important to you than what you need. That's security for her, and that will get you straight to her heart. Ephesians 5 will set you free. But most people hate Ephesians 5. We'll we'll read Ephesians 1. You know, God, uh, you know, gave us a call before the foundation of the earth. Ephesians 2 talks about salvation. Ephesians 3 talks about the power of the Spirit and walking in that. Ephesians 4 talks about the church and the giftings and all that. And Ephesians 5, let's skip that. Go to Ephesians 6. Having done all things to stand, stand therefore. And so we're living our life, Ephesians chapter 1 through through 4 and chapter 6. 
Genesis, well, let me say, say this. Let me give you the second reason. The second reason Ephesians 5 is brilliant is the roles in Ephesians 5 release the potential of our spouse. Genesis 2.18, God is speaking. And the Lord God said, It is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. It's not good for Adam to be alone. It's not God. That's not God's plan. He creates a helper. To attain your fullness, you need your spouse. Pastor, but I'm single and I feel called to be single. Praise the Lord. You're complete in Christ, but most people can only be complete through marriage because most people are called into marriage. And if you have that special anointing in your life, then don't complain about relationships. Don't complain about being alone. Because if God called you to be uh, free from a marriage or a spouse, then he called you into an area, uh, an intimate area with him and become that person and become full of joy and fulfilled in that. Ephesians 5.29, For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. The word nourish means to feed. The word cherish means to protect the process. So the man is to nourish and to protect the process. See, when we look at Ephesians chapter 5, we say, man, I've, I have, we've tried this, and, and it's just so hard because we've got all this past that we bring into our homes, and, and now we've created our own past and, and a frustration. I'm just, I'm just offended. Matter of fact, I'm mad at God. The role of every man is to partner with God to create an atmosphere. The wife can be everything God called her to be. See, God will call us into account to how we treated our spouse. Men, God will call you into account how you treat your wife. Matter of fact, men, it's time for a revival of righteous men to love their women. So let's talk about the role of a woman that brings her husband to his full potential. In Ephesians 5, 33, it says, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. Let the wife see that she respects her husband. Did you know in Proverbs 31, 33, it says that, and I'm going to say this, this is literally what Scripture is telling us, that she has made her husband an elder in the city. She has made her husband an elder in the city. And what most men, I go to work, I work hard, I've provided, I've done this, I've done that. Get the stupid word I out of your, your vocabulary. And begin to realize that if your wife is loving you and praising you and encouraging you, that's the very reason why you can succeed at work. 
That's the very reason why you can do that. But we find in most marriages, the husband will go to work to get away from the home. Or the wife will get involved in school and and the children are so important to them that the child is so important that the husband's off to the side. And he's off to the side and he's looking at that and saying, okay, all right, okay, I'll just go to work. I'll just stay with my place and, and do my thing. And you've got two people who have such power to be in agreement, to see the power of the kingdom of God to explode in everything they touch. And they won't because the enemies come in and defended them. And no miracles and a few healings take place. How did she make him an elder? She's never even entered the door of where he works. In honor, you create the atmosphere before he becomes one. You treat your husband as an elder before he becomes one. You love your wife as that woman, Proverbs 31 woman, before she even becomes that. So what am I saying to you? What did the Holy Spirit talk to me about? During this time frame of shutdown, discouragement, sickness, and disease, many have lost hope. And this is how they lost hope. They lost hope by becoming offended. So what I want you to do is to rise up. As Pastor Dan comes up, I want you to rise up. And I want you to recognize the very essence of what God is doing in this world. Sickness and disease does not come from him. It is a satanic, demonic. Some of this political stuff going on is satanic. It's demonic. When you have people that literally are acting the way they are, it's demonic. And we need to get to this place where we rise up and say, oh, wait, wait, wait. In our home, we choose not to be offended. And if you need to, men, go and set your knee on the ground and go before your wife and apologize to her for living your life with offense. Wives, Allow yourself to see your man as that elder. Because Ephesians chapter 1 says that God has called him before the foundation of this earth. And who your husband is, is what God created him to be. He may not be acting it out right now. But that's who he is. Because why? That's what God said. So may God bless your marriage. Pastor Dan, can you come and pray?
Thank you, Pastor Gary. Well, that was phenomenal. That was awesome. And I would encourage you to take hold of those notes and go over them and allow the Holy Spirit just to speak the beauty of uh, the marriage plan into your life. Uh, I really trust and pray that you've seen something a little different today than possibly what you've heard before in God's plan for the marriage, in God's plan for the family. Will you allow me to pray for you today? Father, we thank you for your plan that is so beautifully laid out within your word. Lord, uh, there is no fear in that. And so, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the marriages today. I thank you for new life. I thank you for your love, uh, hugging both the husbands, the wives, and just bringing them under the umbrella of your love and your joy. For the joy of the Lord is truly our strength. I come against any offense. Uh, We come against any fear in the name of Jesus. For there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. So, Father, we thank you for your perfect love in each marriage. We thank you for healing, for wholeness. Lord, over things that have been said, over things that have been been done in the past. And, Lord, we thank you for a newness, a breakthrough today. Lord, as each one takes hold of your word, Lord, the pattern that you have laid forth for mankind, set forth for us. Lord, we embrace that today. Lord, and we allow that anointing of your marriage, the anointing of the Spirit, to permeate each one and to to just live big in each family. And Lord, we praise you for new life today. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. We so look forward to seeing you soon. And uh, stay tuned to our website for any uh, changes that are coming with the COVID situation. We're all believing that this is going to be over soon. And uh, just continue standing with us as we stand with you. God bless you.